Football Podcast is brought to you in association with Nicholson Joinery Limited. Yes, thank you for joining us. You're listening to the Edinburgh Football Podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm joined by Ross and Callum. Well, it's a pretty straightforward answer, I'd imagine, for you, Ross. How are you this week? Fantastic, mate. Yeah. And, and Callum, I can't even see him on your camera. It's not that bad, is it? <laughs> no, 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 I was just saying, I think, um, no, it's not that bad. I mean, I think, I think I, I've, I've calmed down significantly since uh, since Saturday night. I think. What um, oh, your text? What you say? What you say? <laughs> well, I have to say, I have to own up here. Um, as soon as Nisbet hit the woodwork with that penalty, the phone went off. I turned the I turned I turned the game off. And uh, turned my phone on about half an hour later, I checked the score and realised that Hearts went straight up the park and got a penalty so and scored it. So, um, yeah, a bit of a part-time supporter I was there, but I'd just seen it, Callum, all before. That's, sorry, that's that's not as bad as um, being forced to watch the highlights by your other half the next day, which took a lot of um, yeah. self-control yeah. to tell her to beat it pretty much but I mean sitting through it once was bad enough but twice was tough well there's no surprises then right no surprise then the agenda for tonight we'll start with the review sorry the pre uh, yeah the review of the Scottish Cup semi-final last weekend between Hearts and Hibs then we'll preview those two sides games this weekend as they return to league action this weekend but at City and on to the Lone League October player of the month Prediction League and Podcast Puzzler. It's a busy one. It is a busy one. Um, Cal, we'll come to you You first then. Uh, obviously, a def- defeat to Hearts. Oh, no, no, I'm going to let him, gonna let him wait. Um, because, you know, I, I came away from it going... Hibs, I know Hibs don't win many derbies, so before you come in there, buyers, but Hibs have played a lot worse in some derbies and come away with, with a win. And um. Still kind of struggling, and I know that Gordon pulls off one, well, with one good save. I think looking at it back, the header from Nisbet, it kind of hits his hand more than he's actually moved his hand to the ball. But Hibbs had chances in that game to 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 win it really. Within with a, you know, we should be in the Scottish Cup final. Let's be honest. And I don't think I know Ross. You were you were nodding your head there. You probably agree. Hibbs should probably thinking here. We should be in the Scottish Cup final. Calm. I'll come to you first, Ross. You can answer that after. Um. No, I think I think um, balance of play in the ninety minutes. Hibs should have done. Hibs should have uh, scored when they were on top in the first half. I think you know the first twenty minutes of the game were a bit. Um, both sides sort of trading blows, and then Hibs sort of took control, and you know had good chances. You know Boyle puts in a couple of good balls. Nisbet um, gets something on it. Gordon pulls off a great save. You've got. Deutsch, who just gets it all wrong, comes off his shoulder. But, I mean, Kyle McGuinness, before that, he has to score. I think he's probably got time to take a touch because uh, Hearts had, uh, but Michael Smith had committed. I think Gordon was halfway on, like, on his way down. So, um, I, it was poor. But I think, as as I kept saying, most of the game, Hibs had to score when they were on top. They didn't. Um, second half was a, a lot more even. But uh, in terms of extra time, when I genuinely thought the last 10 minutes of the game, Hearts were struggling uh, fitness-wise. Extra time, I thought Hearts 
you know, showed something that I didn't see coming from them, and you know, they deserved it in extra time, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. When it came to extra time and it and the. I think everyone was thinking maybe penalties. I think Hearts, the Hearts, Hearts improved it. I'm not going to say. I'm not saying that Hearts didn't play well, Ross. I'm not saying that. But I think as the game went on, Hearts got better. But I think you're right, Cam. I think there was there was there was a spell where Hibs, Hibs, they had to score. The first goal was key. And I think if you listen to any pundit that's come out, and I think we all probably agree, if Nisbet Header goes in, I think we're looking at a totally different story. I think. I think that save didn't only just give Hearts a bit of confidence, but it also almost kind of shot Hibs a little bit. Because um, I just kind of thought, is this is this not going to be our day already? It kind of had that sort of feeling towards it. But um, from your side of things, Ross, you you must be delighted with with the performance, a, a sort of resolute performance, and, and certain players really really stepped forward. Absolutely. I think there's, um, <clears throat> I agree with Cal's point, Hibs played well first half. Um, I think after the second half and extra time came in, there wasn't too much to kind of pick pick out between the teams. But yeah, Derby's a Derby. You've got to take your chances, and mm-hmm. has done that mm-hmm. end of the day. So absolutely delighted to go up, um, to go and win, win a, another Derby at Hamden. Were you about to go just go up and lift the Scottish Cup there? Get ahead of yourself. Well, I'm just about there, so. But who were the big, who, who were you most impressed with, Ross? Because we we said that we spoke this time last week, and we spoke about decisions that Nielsen had to make. Uh, players hadn't had a lot of minutes. Players, you know, lacking that match sharpness. So we weren't sure who was going to play. And there was there was some interesting uh, additions. There were some people that didn't play that played and, and and things. But who impressed you the most? What, what what did you take from it? I think you can't look past Craig Gordon's performance. Yeah, getting man of the match during that game, and I think. Albeit some of the saves, his reflexes are, are still top notch, mm-hmm. and that's it's justified by his call up to Scotland this week as well, mm-hmm. which shows that it's someone that Scotland need in that camp as well. The confidence he brings to your defenders, everyone else in your team to know you've got someone like that between the sticks mm-hmm. for me. Um, Roberts actually impressed me through the game. I thought I was a wee bit, hmm, how's he going to get on? But for me, I thought he done quite well. With a lot of it, it kind of ran at games at times. Um, Naismith, I thought Naismith and Harren done really well when they came on, kind of controlled the game for us. Mm. Um, I, I, I didn't expect to see Naismith on the park, to be perfectly honest with you, but I think it showed his quality there. He, he talks to everyone, he, he's, he's yeah. always there speaking to someone. Even yeah. after they score the penalty, he's in Henderson's ear, he's in a couple of the boys' ears. Yeah. Just needs that coaching. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Sorry to, to, to jump. Yeah, sorry to jump in there, Ross. But uh, as soon as as soon as Naismith, as soon as Naismith came on, in my head, I thought that's that he's gonna that's gonna change the game, and I thought he did. I thought that substitution when he came on, Hearts were it's seen Hearts through for me, and Hearts improved that bit more. I thought when he came on, and I agree with that, Ross. It's not just. The, the on the ball it's what he offers in terms of experience he's always talking to someone we've spoke about this a lot in the podcast haven't we Callum the experience but the communication skills that, that he has are phenomenal I mean you look at you look at who Hearts brought off their bench to come on and affect the game you know you've got um, Harry and Naismith come on and who have Hibs brought on Sean Mackey how is he still at the club I thought he was an ice cream man um, I just Oh, I don't know. When you look at the two benches and one club's in the Premiership, one club's in the Championship. I mean, 
you looked at the head's bench and you thought, other than Jamie Murphy, where's mm. where's your game changer here? Mm. And I mean, Jamie Murphy came on and did well. He should have started, uh, but I just I thought that the substitutions from Jack Ross again reactive instead of proactive. Um, Robbie Nielsen, he got to the sixtieth. Uh, you know, he got into the second half and he thought, right, I'm going to change this up. And he he brought on fresh legs. He saw that Hearts um, weren't doing enough in the game, and he changes it with two big players to come on. Jack Ross just waited a bit too long for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I have even, to say, like, see, quick, quick, quick question with both of you. Like, mm-hmm. see when the teams came out, mm-hmm. like when they got announced, what was your thoughts? Because in my mind, when I first saw the Hearts squad first, I went, oh, no, great. That's could be a long night. And then when I saw your team, in all honesty, I thought, that team's there for the taking. We could take. I'll team. go. I'll, I'll go first. I think what I, what I was surprised at, Calm, is, is as I thought. We spoke about last week on this on the podcast. I thought wide players were going to be key in this game. The big park at Hamden, and we pretty much we we, we kind of all said it was going to be Boyle on one wing and Murphy on the other. And then the the only sort of curveball for me was the fact that it was it was Newell, McGinnis, Gogic, and Boyle. So it, it did change things for me. Um, I, I didn't. I, McGinnis sort of played more. Yeah, I, yeah, and I don't think that I don't think that maybe suited him too much. I would have preferred Murphy to start. I thought he would have had. I thought he had a bit more effect, and that's what that's what surprised me, Ross. That's what surprised me. When when I saw it, I, I looked at it and I thought, right, okay, um, four four two. But then when Hibbs lined up and it was three five two, I thought to myself, mm. what what did we say last week on the podcast? You don't change. Um, formation, etc. Going to a game like this when you know you need to be on form, etc. And I think that Hibs changed to look to combat Hearts, and it just it didn't work. I know, but the oh, thing I know, and but this this is the annoying thing. It's and I know I know what you're saying. But I know what we're all, we're all saying, but the fact the fact of the matter is, Hibs weren't great. I know that, but the chances that we spoke about. Even if it was three five two, we had chances at that time when we were on top, and we could be speaking about a totally different game. Let's be honest: it's Lamal's pulling goals. Lam- when that cross comes in for Nisbet, Lamal does his sort of uh, Peter Schmeichel impression, and it probably just goes under through his legs. Um, if Pereira's in goals, then it just goes through his fingers. Like, I'm, I'm not being thinking; it, it probably go, it probably goes through his hands. Um, but with Gordon, it goes wide and it, it's cleared, and Hearts Hearts clear the ball. Those fine, it's fine margins, and we can speak about formations and and all that as much as we want. But Hibs had chances at that time, and I was surprised. Though Ross, I have to agree, I was surprised. I still think I'd like to have seen Murphy start, but it's all it's all ifs and buts now, isn't it? It's, and I think Gogic, I think Gogic actually kind of probably summed up quite well. Callum, he said at full time, everyone was sort of saying this is the reason why it didn't we didn't go through. This is the reason why. This is the reason why. <laughs> Who knows why? It just, it just, it just didn't, it just didn't happen. What's that? Sorry. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can understand why they're like sitting there saying, "Oh, this is the reason why." But I mean, don't be sitting there saying that when the game go and win. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think one of the most probably the big, the big or big sort of talking point I think from the game. Um, second half, you know, we'll, we'll go to the goals. I thought we'll go to the goals, and we'll just quickly brief over them before we go to the big talking point for me. Um, 
a well-taken goal from, from Hearts. From they'll, they'll see it as a good well-taken goal, a good counter-attacking goal from their side of things. Ollie Lee puts a great delivery in. White in, peels off at the back post. Um, good goal from Hearts. Shocking goal from Hibs Callum, though, isn't it? Just nobody got to close Lee down. Nobody tracking White in. I think, I mean, I text you, I text you this because when I watched the highlights, I watched, you know, the way Hibs set up and Josh Doyle's playing left wing back, but he has to cover in because Paul Hanlon is up the pitch doing God knows what. Um, I don't know where Paul McGinn is, but um, Paul Hanlon and Craig Whiting are running back into the box at the same pace and they get to about like 20, 25 yards out. And Craig Whiting just walks away from Paul Hanley. Mm. Walks away, sees the space that is um, at the back post and goes, right, I'm just going to take up a position here. Who knows? And Ollie Lee, on the right-hand side, goes 20, 30 yards unchallenged. Mm. You know, he, He's able to carry that ball from pretty much um, 5, 10 yards inside the hips half. Good 20 yards unchallenged. And then all he has to do, you know, I'm not saying that the goal wasn't uh, well worked, but I mean, Ollie Lee just has to put it in an area where Craig Whiting can win it. Craig Whiting's got the free header at the back post, and that is, you know, all it's as simple as that for him. He just has to get it on target, pretty much. And I think it's a goal, and you know, as well worked as it was from Hearts, it's so poor from a head's point of view. Yeah. The defending is non-existent. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ross, it's, I have to say, it's the first time I've, well. Sort of prop. Well, I watched the I watched the Dundee game, but I kind of had it, <laughs> kind of half watching it. It's uh, so a proper first time I've seen Hearts under Robbie Nielsen properly. Um, I can't believe the size of Craig Whiten. What has he been doing over over the over the off season, post season? What a what a size he's been hitting the gym. But any other players that so Whiten obviously has taken his chance. What are your thoughts on Popescu? That's another new player that's came in. I, I think. Not a fan. I thought first Not half fan. again. Nah, nah. Cheaper, me, cheaper possession, isn't he? Shaky. Yeah. Aye. Too shaky for me for a centre half. Mm-hmm. And I think, as you say, you've got someone like Gordon behind you, so it should give your your players a bit of confidence. But if Whiten's looking over and he's even for like, well, for the the penalty he's got an extra time, he's fumbling about it. Even mm-hmm. an extra time, you're outside your box. Mm-hmm. Get away. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. It's simple football for a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. I think he over tries to he tries to overcomplicate everything and he tries to get too much. And yeah, yeah. It's going to put us in a lot of trouble. Yeah. For a team that finishes completely, like, absolutely kills us. Yeah. He'll probably be the reason in my mind. Mm. I've kind of jumped in thing, but it, it just came to my head because I know that I think uh, I remember texting you, Calum, the first half at Popescu, just seemed a bit cheap in possession. But um, yeah, you'd be happy with that goal, Ross. Well taken from White, and then he keeps his, his good goal scoring form going, doesn't he? to see Hibs a championship side as well then are you playing this is found his level <laughs> should, should be after that uh, um, Dodge uh, you know Dodge equalises quite 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 um, quite quickly after actually and were you expecting the worst at that point Ross to take the lead and then concede quite quite quickly after at that point were you thinking I was, ex- I was expecting a linesman having his flag up <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> expecting That's the worst at that, that point 
to concede and then with that um, or were you quite confident that you'd I was the best like I think I thought that you would potentially get a second wind after that mm-hmm. and start pushing on um, thankfully it never really came so we kind of weathered the storm everything that came with it so it's just, I think it takes in my mind I think it's a bit experiencing with that team there's a lot of players both for both teams probably more so hearts I think at the moment we've not had that that too much of a team turnover so I think there's more players in that team that knew how to win a derby and mm. I think that's crucial in these games. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Hey, the big talking point then, the big talking point for me was right pretty much on the full-time whistle. Uh, two referees can look at it from each of them are 10 yards away, Callum. Ball goes in the box. Dodge goes down. Boyle goes down. Penalty, no penalty. What do you think? Game. I think both sides can admit that. Um, I thought he got every penalty decision wrong. Um, I thought in normal time, right at the end, Halkett has his arms round Deutsch. I don't think it's a penalty on Boyle because even though Halkett does kick out at him, Boyle um, has the hand on Halkett's shoulder first and drags him down. So it's not it's not a penalty for um, the one on Boyle. It's that all his fans were looking for. But for me, I thought um, it was a foul. And I think the problem was that the BBC didn't show a great angle of it, really, mm. on the on the slow-mo replay. You just had uh, the sort of aftermath of both players going down. You didn't have the, the, the start of it. So in real time, I thought it was a penalty. But I would love to see it again because mm. I think, depending on what uh, colour of glasses you wear, you think it's a penalty or not? I've got to say, um, this is what I, this is kind of what I think I think's happened. I, I think Willie Collum probably thinks it's a penalty, but he's waiting for Bobby Madden to give him probably clarity because Collum sprints towards the he actually sprints like towards the, the penalty spot, and I'm thinking, That's what made me think he was yeah, absolutely, he sprints to the penalty spot, and I think he's waiting for Bobby Madden to say, yeah, penalty. And it doesn't come because it was a, that sort of like is he is he not and it was just a bizarre sort of maybe couple of seconds, and they don't give it. Ross, what what was your take? Do you think? Well, uh, you can you can you can say now because it's it, I wasn't given. Well, but to be perfectly to be perfectly honest with you, I can't even remember the first challenge. All I remember is Boyle going down and leaping up like a like Tom Daly at the Commonwealth pool. That's all I can really remember with that yeah. that. That whole situation, I can't really remember yeah. that. I think I, I agree with you, Cam. I think the doi, I think the pool on Dodge is uh, is more a penalty than the Boyle one. I'd probably agree with that. I think there is maybe a foul on Halkett um, before before he makes contact with with Boyle. I'd love to see the Dodge one back because it looks like there is a pool on his jersey. Both players potentially at it, but Dodge does get the wrong side, doesn't he? And he, and he goes down. So I think uh, I think Hart's maybe got away with him. And if I'm honest. I think Willie Collins looking to probably then even that up. He gives the penalty in a sec in an extra time uh, for Hibbs, and I think he knows that that was soft. So he's trying. He then evens it up the other way for Hearts afterwards. Uh, he didn't have a great game. I think some players could have been booked earlier in the game, which then would have had a knock on effect later on in the game, potentially second yellows and things. It wasn't a great game, um, but the fact of the matter it comes down to a story of two penalties, and I think Nisbet's penalty shows how confident he is. 
and how confident he is right now at Hibs. He's, he's trying to put one right in the top bin, and you know what? He'll bounce back. He'll bounce back from that. Um, you know, better players or top top players have missed big big penalties, and these these things happen. And you've got to hand it to got to hand it to Boyce. He just comes up and puts a lot of power into it. And even though Marciano goes the right way, he finds it back of the net. So I'm conscious of time because we've got a lot to get through, but. Listen, Nisbet will bounce back and um, he's been fantastic for Hibs this season and uh, the fact he was able to to uh, be on the park and, and give his full effort and he stands up in, in, a, in such a tough week for him, um, you know, Absolutely. listen, he'll, he'll bounce back from that. And I, on, on a similar on a similar vein, Ross, I want to come to you. Horrendous news came out during the game um, for, on, on Saturday and you know what, it was probably fitting that Hearts were, were to go and and come through come through the game. They probably wouldn't have known what news was coming out, but I'm sure when they looked at their phones at full time and knowing that, then they probably dedicated that win to him. Um, that's yeah. Ma- Marius Lucas, so young, so sad. Yeah, absolutely horrible. Um, I actually couldn't believe it. When, when news go for text and saying that at the start of the second half, I thought you were at it. Um, I think everyone did. You wouldn't have never expected it, I think, getting diagnosing what we're doing on disease two years ago and then for it to totally turn his life around and obviously in the end take it it's a it's a massive shape um, any and, any any sort of memory I know that I've watched a video back that Hart's put on and I know the obvious the obvious answer Ross is, is the last memory that you've got of Zal Lucas is of course lifting the trophy in, in, in the cup final but is anything else a memory that you have of him that you just you know anything else that strikes out a moment when you went I love Zell Lucas. <laughs> I think um, pretty much the majority of it comes from that cup run, in mm. all honesty, because he was the one that kept us in that cup for a couple of times. I think there was a game at St Johnston and one at St Mirren, I think St Mirren, he scored in like the last 20 seconds of the game wow. to put us through. Um, so for, for me, he's he was the kind of main man for that whole tournament. Yeah. There was a couple of ones... See when he first came, I didn't rate him at all. I thought he was, I, I thought he was awful. Uh, but we played him in the we played him in the middle of the park, and I was like, "Who is this Bob Scare?" My first thought was, "He'll be another Lithuanian straight back at the door again." But credit to him, he's stuck down. He's he's knuckled down, and he he knew what Hearts were about, so he's made that yeah. that effort to keep going. Um, I think two seconds. <laughs> I think for 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 me, um, Ross is nip away there. Uh, for me, I think all epitomises that cup final when you see the videos back. He's he's in tears. It just shows how much Harsh Football Club uh, meant him, you know. And I think you listen to other oh, things. You listen. To, I listen to Kevin Kyle speaking. He seemed to be the real link between owner and players, and he would have had a lot of. He would have probably known a lot of things that were going on behind the scenes which he would have probably had on his shoulders that he didn't let on to the players and things. He would have had a lot of responsibility. It's, and he was a he was a proper mainstay of that of that great few years that Hearts had, you know, you know, under Romanov and Callum a thorn in the side so many times, wasn't he? Top top defender. I think I think it's always um I know this is gonna I mean first and foremost, it's an absolute sin, you know, thirty six years old, that's you know like that's six years for us, you know. We're six years away for that, and that's yeah. you know, it's no age at all, and obviously, just unbelievable news when it broke. But I mean, I think one of the things that um, 
is almost a compliment um, to a player from a rival team as if uh, as if you, you hate them um, so my, <laughs> is, um, I think it, the, the derby after Hibs won the League Cup um, at Easter Road and he I well, that one I she's off on he was all over Rob Jones. Every single ball went into the box. I think there was one time they actually had Rob Jones' shut over his head and nothing was given. And I remember just, you know, being there and I was like, you know, um, from that point on, he constantly thought the side and he scored, scored the winner that day. Um, you know, just written in the stars. But I mean, it was just, um, I, Zalukas was always one of the ones that you were like, if he wasn't playing, you'd be like, right, okay, that's that's good news yeah. for Hibs. Yeah. You know? but, yeah. Um, I think, ah, just so sad. Uh, so so sad. So testament to himself as well. Like he's out of all the good foreign players that Hearts have ever had, he's the most capped foreign player for Hearts. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sad, so sad, and I, oh. yeah, I really, I really, you know, it's a, a tough, a horrible week. You know, a horrible week. You know, you've got, of course, our, our thoughts go out to to all the Hearts family, Zalukas family, and friends. Our thoughts go out to, to Kevin Nisbet and, and his family, what what they are going through right now, and and, and another you know and the news as well that they came out another an Edinburgh man of course, Sean Connery so sad as well so just a, a tough horrible week for for Edinburgh and, and I it was a nice, to nice touch of the teams walking out to the James Bond theme yeah uh, I like, I like London I thought it was quite a good touch yeah. I was okay right looking on to to this week then and we'll go to Hibs Calm because they're first on the Prediction League uh, graphic. Uh, Aberdeen, it's, it doesn't get any easier, does it? <laughs> uh, it's not been a it's not been a great uh, hunting ground up, up at Petodre, has it? Really, I think back to last year that the the Doidge misses, for example, we should be out of sight, and we end up clearly nothing. It's not been not been great up there, has it? The Epsom went up there since twenty twelve. Oh. Uh, Sean O'Hanlon scored. Yes, that's, that's how far back you need to. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and I think that it's it's what the third third toughest league game that the Hibs could have. Yeah. Um, Aberdeen away. I just think that um, it's massive. But you know, I used to always think that Hibs bounce back after a derby defeat and nine times out of ten get the three points the week after. Um, I remember was it two thousand eleven two 0 defeat to Hearts and. In the midweek, Hibs went to Ibrox and beat them three 0 mm. Um, do I think that's going to happen this week? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, I think Hibs are going to find it very tough up there. I think that Aberdeen, uh, the two in the midfield, are very, very impressive. Ferguson and McCrory have taken them to to new heights, as it were. I think that yeah. they've got players that can really hurt Hibs. Uh, Cosgrove's back. Um, I just, you know, I can't. You know, I'd love Hibs to get a result up there, but I just I can't see it. I yeah. can't see it. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be very tough, like you say. Cos goes back. The two boys in midfield, really good. Um, it's gonna be a tough game. Ross, uh, Cali Thistle for Hearts. Had them in the bet, Fred, didn't you? That's right, isn't it? My memories. Right. Yeah, that's right. So you know what they're like. I expect expect Hearts to come through, don't you? Surely. You'd expect so. I think um, Hearts will still be void from that massive derby win there. So. Should have enough confidence in the team to go on and push over. So, I am pretty confident for that one. Okay, then on to Edinburgh City and back to winning ways. You know, it's always going to be tough. Elgin started so well this season. Uh, the weather 
in Edinburgh was, I mean, the wind, I mean, oh, to be honest, I'm not saying just Edinburgh, all over Scotland was horrendous on Saturday. I can only imagine having played it down at Ainsley Park for many a year, Callum had been down there the last couple of years watching, you can only imagine the conditions. I mean, it's been it's been less windy and still being a hurricane down there, so that I can only imagine what it must have been like on, on Saturday. Um, and you know what? The most important thing is a win. 1-0, 5-0, whatever it was, it's three points. You bounce back from that defeat to Cowden the week before. They won't care a jot how they got those three points, Callum. Good win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea who Gabby McGill was and the only thing that came to mind was Bobby have the McGill's been it look Edinburgh City just needed to win that's that's all that mattered I mean I started watching the highlights and the boy doing the commentary like all you can hear is the blustery gusts of wind <laughs> like it's uh, an absolute nightmare you know what he's like past like uh, I'm surprised any quality football got played but uh, the most important thing was three points and that's what Inverse got yeah yeah um, it's funny I, I just you know go through the highlights there it was there was a chance where Elgin were through they cut it back and it uh, the boy it's sort of just behind the bike the wind probably catches a pass and the boy has he kind of takes a touch Antel goes down he has a shot it kind of comes off Antel and then City managed to to clear but Ember City goal comes from a good delivery a header Goalkeeper saves it, similar sort of idea, but they're in for the rebound and it's fine margins, you know, and it's uh, but it's a, just a great, great three points. It'll give them so much. They're back on winning action, you know, it wasn't, as we said, they stay within that one result of Queen's Park. Um, just a, a good afternoon for them, let's 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 be honest, just a, a good, good afternoon. Yeah, I think, I mean, Queen's Park got pretty lucky themselves at a late goal away from Rob, but um, look, City just have to keep winning. This year is um, a shortened season. It's going to throw up something. And I think that, um, you know, there's four or five clubs that are sitting there going, come on, why don't we just have a go this year? Let's see what happens. And they might think, look, we can get there. We can we can get a wee um, playoff spot minimum. But I think, I think, like we've said, the three points was the most important thing. And City got it. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, Stenhouse Muir this weekend for for Ember City Ross. Um, a side that they played in the Betfred. A side that have had an okay start. They've they won in the opening day away to uh, Albion Rovers. They won three uh, one. Since then, it's been two draws in a row. A two two draw against Stellan Albion, and then a one one draw last weekend at Cowden Beath. Um, I can't imagine what that would have been like to play in probably the smallest pitch. In one of the smallest pitches with that wind, I reckon you every time there's a goal kick, it's probably a half a chance of scoring. But uh, you know, five, five points from three games, and only one point behind them. But a city are tucked in just uh, behind them, so this will be a, a bit tough game through Oakville View as well. Definitely, I think. Um, as you say, it could be a bit of a bonus for them playing already in the the Betfred, so they kind of know what they're about, they know what their kind of the lineups will be, but. First and foremost, they need to get that result. They need to keep pushing back up that league. I think Saturday was great for them to kind of bounce back after the Cowden game. Um, so you just got to hope, fingers crossed, that they keep that momentum going. Um, and way about a, a team round, round about you, that they'll they'll be potentially pushing for that the playoff positions as well. So a statement of intent. Yeah. Anything more to add with there, Calm? Sort of agree with that, wouldn't it? 
Um, I, I think I think that Baz is Baz is right there. I think that it's it's not just the benefit of City getting three points and um, potentially going top. It's the benefit of keeping other teams at bay, which they can do. You know, open up a four point gap or something like and then you know that's when you know City start to motor get into a groove and push on so I think uh, I, I just think he will I just said that yeah, um, yeah. just before we just before we just before we, we move on I think it's also important a, a massive game also because the two teams above Edinburgh City play each other this weekend uh, Queen's Park Queen's Park against Elgin City so yeah so somebody's going to drop points so I think it's it's vital that Edinburgh City uh, pick up three so yeah big game big big game um, on that, before I move on, actually, isn't it? You know, watching the highlights back, they've got some firepower, haven't they, Embrace City? Because you know the likes of Uzi C, you know Blair Henderson, um, you know Handling. There's just there's goals throughout that side. So that was just that's another point. I was just looking at the highlights back, just seeing all these players available. Um, some depth, some depth going forward, isn't it? Some depth. Well, you've got um, Danny Handling's not really got started yet, which is yeah. Um, you know, you've got guys there that are waiting. So I think that once they get going, they'll take some stopping. Yeah, definitely. Right on to the Lone League then, and we'll go to to uh, Spartans first. And East Cobride away. Always going to be tough. Always going to be tough. But you know what? I haven't, I haven't listened, watched the highlights back and... Um, you know, speaking to Subo throughout the game, he was he was at the game. He uh, went through, mentioned a really tight first half. Um, no real, not much between the sides. The first goal was going to be key. I think Ember uh, I thought Spartans had a good chance at nil nil. Uh, I think it, it was sort of deflected out from the goalkeeper and didn't quite put the rebound. But then the first goal, so disappointing, Callum. You've seen it, seen it back. Um, for me, just a bit. For me, it's just li- it's just little things. A free kick's given. Nobody stands in front of the ball. Nobody get you know picks up the ball just to sort of kill the game. It's a one simple pass at a guy in midfield who's got nobody around him, who then plays an easy pass into the in, into the forward to nobody around, and then it's a it's a, it's a good finish from the lad. Let's be honest, puts it high into the high into the front post. But oh, such a just a sloppy goal to lose for me. Is it? Is he? I know it sounds daft, Callum, and it's something we've said. I said a few weeks ago. No subo, no, no subo. Game defining. Subo would have been in that area, wouldn't he? That the type of things like standing in front of someone or picking the ball up when a free kick's given or someone has to mark a midfield player. They're missing them, aren't they? They are missing them. No, I, I would agree with that, but I'm sorry if there's a a free kick there's a couple of yards inside Eastfield half. It shouldn't take two passes. For Spartans to concede, yeah. regardless of where Dubo's playing or not, and that's 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 the bottom line. I think um, you know Spartans Twitter summed it up like when when they when they tweeted out the goal. You know, East Kilbride have a three kick, two passes later, it's in the back of the net. Yeah. You know, they did not have to work hard at all for that goal. Yeah. It was in in the second goal, uh, and. Um, I can't remember who scored, but he's got the freedom of Cape Hart. I mean, yeah. he could have watched the entirety of Lord of the Rings and still had time to head that ball in because there was no one around him. And absolute, and, and that's that's what annoys you because Spartans will have defended well yeah. for last game, 
but they've switched off for two moments. They come away with a two 0 defeat. Yeah, and, and and it's yeah, but it's just it's little things. It's just little little things have cost them. I've said before the free kick. You can you can slow it right down and force a long ball in the box from that free kick by someone just picking up the ball when it's given or someone standing in front of it. The second goal for me, the rule is when someone plays a short corner, you send two players out. Spartans send one player. The second player comes out too late. Uh, can't quite stop the, the cross in. It comes at the back post. Like you say, header down and the boy's got a free tap in. But the damage was done when you allow when you allow the ball to come in so easily from, from the short corner. And I agree with you. Spartans will have defended well through majority of that game. But it's two essentially set pieces Two moments of just switching off, and it's cost them. And I know they miss a penalty late on, and it's a good. It's a, to be fair, I say miss. I'm going to give the East Kilbride goalie credit. The goal, the East Kilbride goalie makes a makes a great save from the from the penalty. It's not a bad penalty from from uh, from Mikasin. It's a good save. But um, you know, it's disappointing to 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 go through there not coming with anything because I know that Spartans were competitive for large parts of that game. But at the same time. You know, East Kilbride are a different animal this year than than they were last year. So going through there and 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 losing isn't isn't a disgrace. But um, it's just disappointing because now it's it's three defeats in a row in the league. And that great start that they had, those two wins, it's now they're now losing ground a little bit on 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 teams above them. Because at the moment it's BSC this weekend, Ross, and I think they've played one game less than BSC, but BSC are third and already eleven points ahead of Spartans already. So this is actually. A, it's a massive game for Spartans this weekend. If Spartans have got any, um, you know, wanting to really push top four again and be up there, it's a, it's a massive game. It's one I don't think they can afford to lose. Uh, it's, I, I think basically they're one of the teams that, three, four teams that have made a really good start to this league. Um, as I said, Spartans, it's not an ideal start they've, they've been looking for for this season, I think. To be honest, I'm worried that it could be too big an ask for them. I, just with kind of confidence going in from different games, I'm just hoping it's not too big a, a push for them to kind of kick on from that. Mm. But could be wrong. Could be yeah. totally we're sitting that. here, yeah, we're sitting here three weeks ago, Cam, weren't we? Saying we were positive about Spartans starting. We said they've had slow starts in the past couple of years. We were, we were positive. We we're thinking great start, six points, two from two, put a lot run, run together. Um, but it's quite a big gap now, you know. I look at East Stirling, East Stirling. I don't think East Stirling have conceded a goal yet. They've had a great start to the season. BSC, I've had. A, I don't think BSC are the same animal they've been the last couple of years. But they've got points on the board. You know, East Kilbride, Kelly, we've, we've spoke about before. This um, is a massive game, Callum, isn't it? Already, and it's a massive game. I think um, you know I saw BSC against uh, Civil uh, a couple of weeks back, and I think that. Look, the the boy that um, BSC have got up top to sort of replace Tamor, um, it's, it's just so so quick. Yes. 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 He will he will cause Spartans a lot of problems. Um, mm. You know, BSC's game plan almost against Civil um, was to get him the ball and see what he could do, and I think that um, you know Spartans play any sort of high line. He'll take advantage of that. He's very talented. For the life of me, I cannot remember his yeah. name. But so. he, get, he got, he got, he got Sparky. He got Sparky sent off, wasn't he? Absolutely rapid. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. rapid. Uh, you're right. Through there, uh, I think that it's a tough one. It's a tough one. BSC. It's, 
Um, I don't know, like like I said last week, they've got a sort of hoodoo over Spartans and I can just, yeah, I can see this being another defeat, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not going to look beyond the weekend, but they've got a couple of winnable fixtures coming up, which, uh, which imagine. It's, it's a big game. Type of game, they were to pick up three points and it all looks good again for me. But, um, That's a fantastic result. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Hopefully, I know they had a couple of injuries last weekend. Hopefully, they can they can uh, feature this weekend and, and, and um, make a little make a little difference. But a tough game, tough game through there. But uh, like I said, I don't think BSC are quite the same animal that they were. But if it's all that they have recruited and that that striker they've got, Cam, you spoke about a real real threat. He looks a he looks a top player. He's a top player for this level. And they've got the boy Gagan in the middle part that was at Air United yeah. last year, um, who really does make them tick. So I think that, I, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for Spartans. Tough game, yeah. Um, on to Ember Uni then. I mean, Come on, boys. what can Come we on say? There, boys. What can we say? Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, not many people predicted an em- an Ember Uni win. I know that you know. Yeah, I know that Gretna were Gretna were confident. Some of their fans were confident of a better season this year. Um, they were. They said that they were gonna gonna improve. And um, well, now looking at it, they've had a, they've had a pretty poor start. To be honest, that already looks a a vital vital win for Ember Uni already. And what are we? Five six games into the season. Brilliant, brilliant. So delighted for them. Absolutely delighted for them. We said it last week that it was it was a six pointer already, and Edinburgh Uni needed to win the game. And you know, David Masquerade pops up in well the last minute to see that. And I just think that you know, in the resulting fixture last year, Edinburgh Uni deserved to beat Gretna. They, they got the goal almost too early, I think. And then mm-hmm. this time around, they've got the goal bang on. Like 89, 90 minutes just to um, oh, it's just fantastic I'm not going to lie but you, we, when we did the first five fixtures for him you know, I was like oh great they, these are fantastic fixtures for them um, and you look at the game against Green and you think look this is going to be big they needed to get something out of it and fantastic fantastic result yeah you look at you look at teams around them. It's it's a, it's the usual suspects that are down there, really, isn't it? Is Ember Uni, Dalbiti, Gretna, and Vale? It was pretty much the bottom four uh, last year. I imagine it'll be similar. Um, but all those teams look to have you know sort of strengthened as well. So for me, that that's a it's just a huge huge win for them. I'm absolutely delighted for them. I really am delighted for Dorian and and the players. And and I think they will only get better the more they play with each other every week. The the, the more they're gonna they're gonna improve. So. No, delighted for them. A vital three points. It'll just make the whole, the whole uh, dressing room just, just a bit more confident as well. And I, and you know what? They've got a team this weekend who have got good players, have got threats. You know, look at Jack Smith. We look at uh, Winters. We look at I think is McNeil still at Cali Braves. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. So they are. They've got some threats. I think there's some good. You know, we've seen them last. We actually seen this game last year, didn't we? Ember Uni against Cali Braves. Um, but Cali Bays have only got one win, I think. So well, it's either one win or three draws. I need to double check that actually. But they're a team that are sitting on three points. So same points as Edinburgh Uni. Um, what do you think? Um, this game last year, um, Edinburgh Uni were one 0 down at half time, and completely undeservedly so. 
they were the better team and they should have been two or, two or three nil up. Um, Braves had pretty much one chance and took it. Yeah. And then in the second half, um, in the unit absolutely capitulated and Cali Braves said thank you very much. Yeah. And I think it finished 6-0 in the end. But um, that can't happen this time. <laughs> what did you know, eh? Was that not at half time? I tweeted something yeah. like, Yeah, uh, and see the uni getting something or something like that. It's, um, I, yeah, I made an absolute pig's ear of it pretty much. Um, but I, it's a massive game. Uh, I'm not saying they need to take something, anything they take is a bonus. Yeah, um, it's an interesting little, little stat that we spoke about the, the attacking players already that Cali Braves have got. They've had five games in the league this season. They've only actually scored in one of those five games. It was a 3-1 win against Dalbiti. But, you know, look at the results. And they've had a tough start. I'm not going to say that. they had a tough start. So, Bonerig, 2-0 defeat. Berwick, 1-0 defeat. Uh, Boness, 2-0 defeat. And uh, Kelty, 1-0 defeat. So, um, but a 3-1 win over Dalbiti. But uh, it'll be a tough game, no doubt. But, uh, well, we'll just we'll, we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um Last game, Civil Service Strollers, such a huge win, Ross. Such a huge win. After the start that, that Civil had had, it was a tough start of the season. The defeat to, to Gala at the, the weekend, um, that, was a, that was a huge result. Um, and then, sorry, the defeat to Gala, was it the draw against Bones? And then the, which I think was actually unlucky. I think they could have actually maybe coming with a win they had chances had big chances a great chance towards the end of the game um, that could easily have been all three so they would come off a bit of disappointment and that was maybe two points dropped they might have seen but a Stirling Uni side that were in form that was a huge huge win for civil service definitely I think <coughs> as I said Stirling Uni have played well probably better than what I expected them to do but the fact that civil kind of rolled up the sleeves kind of picked themselves up after not bad results but not the results they were kind of ideally looking for and they've been able to pick that that's a big big win up for them and it's hopefully it's a kind of push up the league for them now um, I've only seen I only saw all these goals that's only a bit of highlight I saw but great finish great bit of composure from him to kind of see that game off right great finish eventually can you hear Ga- can you hear Jardin's uh, shout we cannot repeat we cannot repeat what Gary Jardin shouts um, <laughs> on this podcast because it's a family show yeah. but you can't <laughs> but you can't hear what he <laughs> says is it you can definitely hear the words that uh, the Gaffler shouts at Olivia and to be fair I echo them entirely uh, uh, yeah, I haven't actually seen the goal back, but I watched the last. I watched the last maybe twenty minutes of the game, and it was. Uh, I mean, the wind. I mean, <laughs> the wind was horrific. The wind was absolutely horrific. But Civil had a few half chances. Uh, it was a header from Cunningham, which you know, on another day could easily have gone in. And I think Civil did have chances. Still, you didn't have many, but they had a big chance towards the end. Uh, so that could easily have gone in. They were looking at another draw, but no, a huge win. And actually, you know what? When you watch Gary, he is often quite reserved on the touchline. He does communicate, but in terms of uh, his mannerism, he's quite reserved. But I have to say, the last 20 minutes, you could tell what it meant to Gary, um, those three points. Very, very motivational. Lots of 
Lots of mannerisms, lots of, of lots of clapping, lots of geeing up his geeing up his team to enforce them to get higher, not sit deep, etc. Really happy, really, really, really happy for Civil to get that win, and it's looking not too bad in the league for them. You know, five points from six games, not too bad. Free week for them. Hopefully, a few players I've got know have got knocks and injuries, so can patch themselves up as they look ahead to to next midweek. Right, we'll go to October Player of the Month then. We'll all give a. We'll all give our own sort of uh, nomination and then we'll do our joint effort. I think there's there's one player, our sort of outside joint, outsider joint effort. I'll go first. A player that's impressed me. Someone that took a lot of time to get going in a Hibs jersey. Gone under the radar with players that have been in and around them. Uh, but for me, Joe Newell's had a good month, Callum. I think he's putting some man-the-match performances, com- composed on the ball. Um, he's, had a, he's had a good month for me. A good, good month. Thanks. Who's your one then, Callum? <laughs> Who's your October Player of the Month nominee? Joe Newell. I was die for the year. Second penalty, yeah. First penalty. <laughs> second, I should have been the second penalty. But no, second right. shout. Uh, uh, I would go Kevin Nesbitt. Uh, four yeah. goals this month. Um, two that were winners. I think the, the start that he's had just continued brilliantly. And I think, I mean, take Saturday's penalty miss out of it. But, you know, this is a guy that's got class he's got quality and I think that he will score goals all season and I think that yeah he thoroughly deserves his nomination yeah nobody can argue with that Ross your shout Craig Gordon yeah there's nothing more no more um, praise I can give that man and I think the rest of the world are showing at the moment for him yeah yeah top shout absolute human being that's of the highest yeah and um, our last one, I think, a player that surprised us all, a player that's chipped in with goals, as you said, Hearts top goal scorer, Craig Whitten. I think it had to be a, a solid month, a solid month. Oh, so, Hibs and Hearts players. One part, uh, the, one part of the boldest front line I've ever seen at Hearts. Yeah. So, um, yeah, nominations. We'll get that out, get that poll out, and it's about well, the Hibs Hearts spread. So hopefully, our four other teams can. Um, can uh, have some nominees next month, but there's our there's our four nominees. So, right podcast puzzler. Callum last week's was a player. It was a Halloween special. The player that you fear the most. You went with Craig Gordon. Well, he proved why. What were the, what were the other shouts? What were the other shouts uh, that we got through? So we had a few people get in touch. Uh, Ross Pryfoot went with Russell Latape or Chris Collins. Um, the Six Supporters Club got in touch and said Amy McGunn. Oh. Um, honestly, the I'm witch. The witch. The absolute And they had uh, Xander Sutherland as well, who constant on the side for Elgin, scored constantly against City. Um, is that Shane's brother, is it? Uh, who did I say Xander? <laughs> Brilliant. 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 Right, this 
This week's podcast puzzler, you look at social media, everyone's speaking about uh, the US elections and how they're, there's, I don't know a lot about politics, but it's, a, it's a, an interesting system that they've got. So, and if people say, oh, maybe we should change the system, is it, da, da, da. anyway, this week's podcast puzzler, if you could change one thing in Scottish football, what would it be? I'm going to start this off. I would love to see a restriction on the number of homegrown players that you could have in a team. I'd love to give that a shot. Let's just see what happens if we were to give, I don't know, your starting lineup had to include X amount of... Yeah, well, no, yeah, so, yeah, well, okay. I just mean that <laughs> a number of players, you, ha- you have to, you have to play, yeah, no, no, you have to play a certain number of, of Scottish players, or homegrown players, players that qualify for Scotland, and I'd be interested to see 10 years down the line what effect that would have on the Scottish national team. I'd like to give that a go. It's light-hearted. Callum, what would yours be? It's light-hearted. The old. Uh, we... I don't know. There's something you want to change in Scottish football. Ah, something to change. Something to change. Oh, easy, I've got it. I would. Um, I would like to see fans back at Scottish football. There we go. Okay, nice and easy. <laughs> Buyers. I would like to see competent people in charge of this. Ah, that's easy. That's easy. And. <laughs> What about, I was going to say, people might say the old firm go down to England to see what effect that would have on Scottish football. That'd be interesting. Um, we'll see. I don't, want to give, I don't want to give ideas, but there we are. Okay, so we've got homegrown players, we've got fans back, and we've got uh, certain people not in charge. There we go. Right, predictions. Predictions. Um, nice and easy run out of time here, so straightforward. Right to it. Callum, Aberdeen, Hibs. 2-1 Aberdeen. Ross? 2-0 Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go 3-1 Aberdeen. Hearts, Cali? Um, I think Hearts, uh, 3-0. 3-0 Hearts. 3-1 Hearts. Yeah, I'll go 2-0 Hearts. Um, uh, oh, God, what number? City and Steny. City and Steny. City... 1-0 City 1-0 Yeah I'll go for 2-1 Ember City um, Spartans It's got it in my head BSC <laughs> against Spartans I'm trying to remember the graphic BSC against Spartans uh, BSC um, BSC 3-0 <laughs> oh, That's wow. what I was going to go for Wow um, You know that I'll go 2-0 Wow, um, I think it'll be close, but I think just that the hoodoo that sort of BSC have over Spartans, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say two one Spartans, two uh, one BSC, sorry, B two one BSC against Spartans, and Ember Uni against Cali Braves. Uh, uni one Braves two. Um, one one. Ah, good lad. Although I'm going to stamp on it, uh, three one Cali Braves. Um, right there we are. Callum Notable Shout Aye Some boy so, Two correct scores Civil have they got a game this week You're a full listen oh, oh, I Two correct <laughs> scores Callum 
Two guys scores eight points. Eight points. I'm up to fourth in the table. I said that I was taking it seriously this year. Get up, yes. All right. Ross. Right. Thanks for listening, guys. Get your predictions in. Remember, it's Friday night. It starts. Get your get your podcast puzzle in. I want to know your changes. All the best to our teams this weekend. That's been Ember of Football Podcast. I've been Andrew. I've been joined by Ross and Callum. We'll see you next week.